Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana. Today is our third and final show with my special guest, Pippa Whalen, author of the book Intertwined, which can be bought on Amazon. Today we're going to talk about Pippa's relationship with a very important person in her life, that being her father, who was also important to a lot of other people's lives. He inspired her to write this book, this memoir, as you call it. Let's join the conversation. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. bit uh, about um, your loss in recovery because as I've talked about on the show mm. I drank when my dad died mm-hmm. and you one of the things I most admire about you is how you went through that situation just with such grace like the way you're supposed to go through it and I didn't I didn't know that was possible until I watched you do it like wow. I know people do it but I'd never seen someone like I know and relate to do it you know, so I was watching very closely. I'm like, okay, hey, what's going to happen? What's she going to do? And Aww. you just did all the things you were supposed to do and you got through it. And that was amazing to me. Well, thank you. I, you know, my dad was my best buddy. Mm-hmm. He w- we were inseparable. Mine too. We were just, I'd, I'd show up at a restaurant to meet friends and they'd look at me and say, oh, where's your dad? i say, oh, <laughs> we, we don't go everywhere together. We, right. we almost do. But um, he just, we were inseparable and we were you know he'd call me first thing in the morning and we'd talk all day and we'd check in and I'd go anywhere with him I'd do anything with him he'd talk me to all kinds of funny little quirky jobs and he'd say ah come on just keep me company it could be a bit of fun and there's nothing I would say no to I just I loved I loved him I just adored him he was such a good person and in sobriety god he helped so many people and and still you know, people come to me and they say, your dad saved my life. Your dad showed up for me when nobody else showed up and, and when I needed him the most. And these people are all like still sober. And um, yeah, I was driving along the other day with somebody and I said something and she looked at me and she said, you remind me so much of your father when you said that. Oh. And I just thought, what a compliment. Yeah. I will take that any day. I just, he was such a good, good person. And um yeah, we were so close, and and he got sick in in August of 2016, and um, it was fast, and it was furious, and it was pancreatic cancer, and and there was no slowing it down. There was no. He tried chemo, and it just didn't. Um, it didn't take. And it was still, you know, every day was unbelievable. Every day, I kept thinking something's going to change, something's going to improve. And he was just going, and it was it was it was just awful. It was so you know, it's um, it's so so sad. And I think one of the hardest things too is you know my parents were always such a support, and and I adore them both. And I just felt like I walked into their house every day, and I just felt like so loved and and so adored. And I felt like they were just such fans, and they loved hearing about my day and they loved hearing about what I was working on. They loved, you know, my AA stories. They loved just what I brought to the table. And as soon as dad got sick, it was like, in a way I lost both of them. 
you know? know exactly what you mean because I had the exact same kind yeah. of relationship with my parents. Like they had, my dad used to call it dinner with Dana whenever I was there, Aww. and it was like I was expected to entertain them, and they were my audience. Yeah. And yeah, when he yeah. died, it was like both of them. It was like losing because because we were a threesome unit. We yeah. were like three. We had our you know we had our little parts that we played. Mm-hmm. We loved being around each other, you know. And mm-hmm. it, it's just like yeah, when he was gone, I lost that dynamic too. I. I know exactly what you mm-hmm. mean. It's sad. And um, I was teaching at a school in Marin, and they were so good to me. You know, as soon as he got sick, they said, go and come back whenever you're ready. We'll, you know, we'll take care of everything. And um, and I was able to take, I took about six weeks off just to be with him all day, every day, and um, be with mom and just just be, you know. And some of my students, I have one little guy who I just adore. Um, his name is Walker. And he's just such a sweet, we just have this great little soul connection. And, and you know, even at that age, Walker was trying to figure out what he could do to help me. And he's big into recycling and composting and just, and gardening. And, um, and so he suggested that maybe he come up to my house. He lives in Ross. He wanted to come up to my house in Sonoma and just take care of all my gardening and just do pull my weeds and just take care of all of that. How old so is he? I, he was six at the oh time. Oh, my God. That and gives just me faith in humanity. T- complete faith. Like, yeah. knowing that a kid thinks like that. That he can understand the loss and that the, the, like, the severity of it. And also try to figure out how he could help, you know. And that's just one small example. But all of the, all of the people at the school, the parents, the teachers, the children, they just held me up during that time. And... Um, they were just beyond sweet. Some of the parents even, they got together, they had a meeting, and they wanted to put in all their frequent flyer miles so I could fly family out from Ireland that needed to see dad. And it was like things that I had never even thought of. And these are like, you know, parents of children that I happen to share a classroom with, you know. So cool. So thoughtful. And just really there were so many things during that period that really made me just have so much faith in people and couple of ladies came in and they just took over dad's business. He had a construction company, Wheeling Construction, and they just came in and they took over everything, all the paperwork and, you know, kind of closed out every job, paid every bill, took care of every invoice, and and they wouldn't take a penny for it. And I remember walking out with one of the women one evening and I said, Claire, how can we repay you for this? Because we could never get through this. If we had to worry about the stress of the business on top of like just the everyday, the hospice, the medication, the, all of that. And I said, Claire, how can we ever, ever pay you back for this? And she looked at me and she said, Pippa, your father was there for me when I needed him. And he was. It was one of those cases where dad stepped in when their family needed some help. And I had almost forgotten that. And I just thought, yeah, that's what he did for people. And that's why everybody has come to help us in this situation. And I got to, you know, I just spent every every moment that I could with him. And I'd lay in bed with him and I'd hold his hand and I'd record our conversations. Aww. And um, I remember one night we were going to bed and I said, now, listen, Dad, no more of this pulling the sheets. I said, last night was... It was no good. I said, you had all the sheets ripped off the bed. I said, none of that tonight. Now I want you to just, we're going to peacefully sleep here. And he kind of looked up and he laughed and he said, are you sleeping in here tonight? And I said, <laughs> I, I am. You and I are having a, a sleepover. And he said, God, I like this. And he said, but where's mom? 
And I said, she's in the guest room. And he said, we should have had this arrangement years ago. This is fun. And I said, <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. But it's, um, it was, you know, it was hard to sleep with him during that time because he was really, um, you're just awake all night and Restless. worried. And, but oh, it, like yeah. he still had his humor and he still, he was so good. And the hospice nurses would come in and they'd ask him how he was doing. And he'd say, how are you, Laura? Or how are you, so-and-so? And he had a list. He'd write all their names down so he'd be prepared when they came in. He Aww. was like really a people person and was always trying to really recognize them and thank them for what they were doing. And they'd say, Dermot, I'm fine. I, we're here about you now. How are you doing? And, um, you know, hospice were great. They were they were really, um, they were wonderful. And, and if it has to happen, it happened beautifully. And I was able to be there with him for all of that. And, and While he passed? Yeah, oh, and he cool. was and he was sober, you know. And I remember um, we we gave him ensure to drink just while he couldn't really eat anything. Yeah, my dad was drinking that too. Yeah, and um, and a good friend of mine, Lori, she was telling me that around the holidays, her mom will drink ensure, but she drinks Kahlua in it. It's kind of her treat. And I said, Oh God, we're not giving Dad Kahlua for sure. And I remember it came up as a joke, and and Dad, as sick as he was, his eyes just lit up, and he just looked at me like that's not funny. Like who, I forget who was joking about putting, you know, at this point, like, why not spike his drink or something? Right. But even as sick as he was, he just looked up like, no, that's absolutely not funny. His sobriety was so important to him. And, um, and yeah, he had 31 years when he passed and, um, and as hard as it was, you know, I didn't, it's every day was new and every day, thank God. And what I did is I wrote down every day the things that I really was so appreciative of. And it was all my little children at school, all the sweet things, all the sweet messages, the cards, the phone calls from around the world, all my neighbors, like they, people just held me up. And, and thank God I was sober and I had my meetings to go to and I could just show up and just sit and cry. And, um, and that dad knew, you know, I had five years sober when he passed and you know we were already inseparable but those five years were like we had the best 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 times I remember just before he got sick we were driving down the freeway one day and he just looked at me and he he started giggling which was not uncommon he would just start laughing sometimes and I'd say what are you thinking about dad and he'd he'd just be thinking of some little funny prank he pulled on somebody or just he enjoyed himself so much and his humor (laughs) he'd just oh yeah he'd admit that any day that He'd just drive around laughing at himself. and um, But I remember one day he just looked over and he just said, God, Pippa, we have so much fun together. And I said, we do, Dad. And we really did. And so thank God we had all of that. And, you know, if he had to go, at least um, the suffering was, it was really only 10 weeks from when he was diagnosed yeah. to when he passed. And so he got to see everybody he needed to see. Um but by the end, it was definitely, we shifted our prayers to like, instead of asking for more time, we definitely, that the last few days, definitely prayed that he would just go and go peacefully because it was too painful to watch Yeah, towards the end, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I love hearing your feedback on, I feel like I was, I don't think I, you know, people use the word graceful a lot and I, I didn't. Oh my God. You were like I was, a beacon of light oh and my hope. God. It really? was like the rest of us were more tore up. I didn't, I, I mean, I had the honor of hearing your dad speak at a meeting 
right before he got yes, sick, I think. Yes. And he mentioned you. He's obviously so proud of you. Oh, and he's got the cute Irish accent. And so I'm charming. Like, this guy is the raddest guy in the world. Yeah. Anybody would be in love with him. And I remember when you raised your hand at a meeting and you said he was very sick. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just remember all these people with like, you know, 20 and 30 years who were just so together were just wrecked, mm-hmm. you know, and like they were crying. And I was like, God, keep it together for Pippa, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> but you just handled it beautifully. And I didn't even know. I knew it was possible because people had told me it was possible. But like I said, I had never watched somebody do it. So I had this huge like chunk of doubt in my head. Like, Mm -hmm. uh uh-huh. Like, yeah, when I see somebody like similar age group who's as close to my dad as I was go through it like you're saying I should go through it, then I'll believe you. And you did. I was like, oh, wow, it is possible. And it was a testament to everything your dad was and everything he taught you and and his struggles, you know, and everything he accomplished that you stayed sober. Hmm. Yeah, it was a tough time, and I'm. You know, the morning he passed, it's like the. It's it's so. What do you do? I was so exhausted. I was so just drained, and it was like hospice came, and then the funeral parlor came, and we had to go there and sign some papers, and it was like all of the kind of chores were done, and it was like, what do you do then? You just take yeah. a deep breath, and then you still have a full day ahead of you. It was December second. And I I remember going home to my own house and just thinking, God, what now? Like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Just so distraught and just like that horrible, horrible, horrible sadness. And what do you do? Yeah. And I just thought, God, I could go to bed. I just I want to sleep. I want to just. But I thought, no, I just keep going. And it's December 2nd. I'll get my tree out. I'll decorate. So I just turned on some music and I decorated my house for Christmas and my sponsor came by um, just to come and just hug me and just then I had dinner plans and I just kept going and thank God I did because thank if God you thank did God, if you climb into bed just feeling that oh, low God. it's so awful it's the worst and I got to show up and all of you know my good friends we went out for dinner and I just felt like I was a zombie and I just sat there and they just sat with me and and that was okay we all just sat and cried and, and then that's okay yeah, because that's the important thing. I think it's it's hard. People freak out when they're when somebody dies, uh, when a friend of theirs loses someone because they don't know what to say, and it's like you don't have to say anything. In fact, it's better if you don't because people say the dumbest shit when you oh, lose God. somebody. Oh my God. I mean, that's where it's like whenever a friend of mine announces that they've lost somebody on Facebook, I'm like, oh, here comes the idiots. I always mm-hmm. like private like actually send them a text message and go I want to apologize in advance for all the dumb stuff people are about to say to you it's going to be the worst the dumbest you know and it's like there because there really is nothing nothing that you could say the best thing that somebody said to me when my dad died uh, was somebody I don't know if she lost her mom or her dad um, but she came over and she's a nurse she just put her hand on me she goes hey I just want to let you know it's not going to get better in a year and so she had my attention I was like oh Okay, that makes sense to what I'm feeling right now. She goes, it's not going to get better in two years. She goes, in five years, you're still going to hurt. You know, Mm -hmm. she goes, it'll never go away. And it's like one thing I've learned is it's like, it's like there's a little like hole missing in my heart. But it's a testament to this awesome love that I had in my life. You know, so Mm -hmm. I'm always just going to remember that when I think about you know, like the sadness. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it's all, it's something you carry with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Oh God. I remember a few months after this little girl came up to me, she was six, one of our students and just out of the blue. And she, she had a spoon and she said, 
Pippa, I always think of your dad when I see a spoon. And I said, well, you know, I just felt like, a spoon? what? I said, why is that? And she said, because he taught me how to play the spoons when he came. And I realized my dad had come to the classroom one year for St. Patrick's Day, and he put on this really cute oh my um, God, that's presentation adorable. about Ireland for the children. That is so cute. And so he baked Irish soda bread, and he talked about Ireland, and he talked about the music, and he played a little music. And he, I guess he had shown one of the girls how to play the spoons. And I missed that. I didn't see him do that. And I just thought, oh, when she said that, it like just I wanted to cry immediately. But I just thought, how sweet that things keep coming up that I didn't know. Yeah. And how like beautiful that he was in this classroom. It's like him saying hi again. Yeah. And how, you know, and the, the innocence of the children was just like, oh, God, that carried me through so much of it. And another thing is, you know, Dad and I had so many stories. And we used to love, like, at dinner parties, we'd always just, we had endless stories to, to share and I said to him one day, I said, Dad, God, we really have to write a book, like all these family stories. And there's so much that we could put down. And, and we talked about it and we said, yeah, definitely, let's do that. And so when he got sick, I said, Dad, like our book, like we never wrote it, you know, all those stories. We never did that. And I knew like we were out of time with him and it wasn't possible to do it with him. And he had talked about contributing so many stories and they were his stories, you know, and and I just thought, shoot, we're out of time. Like, we can't, that's not possible. And I said, you know, Dad, we never did that. And he said, yeah, but Pippa, we had them. We had all those stories. And I thought, God, what a nice outlook. That's a great outlook. But then, but then I, the stubborn little me said, no, you know what? I'm still going to do that book. I'm still going to write it. And you did write a book. And I did. So I set, my goal was to really have this book written and published by his one-year anniversary. And it's just the story of our lives and, and beginning with, um, you know, my what's it called? Intertwined. Intertwined. Is that the book? That's the book. OK, I didn't know if that was somebody else's book that somebody had left there or that, that was your book. And OK, the, the, the cover looked different. Was it a different color when I saw when you first did it? I remember the baby carriage was on it, but I felt like it was green. Mm. Maybe I'm, you know what? Alcohol really has permanent effects no, on your I, brain, and I'm living proof of that. No, I, it was probably never green, and I, I made tried that a up. few sample covers before I selected that one. Or maybe it's like my image of Ireland is just green. Well, <laughs> so that picture, the cover picture, was taken in my birth mother's little village. That's her her hometown. Oh my God, it's so cute. So the, it's it says intertwined, a memoir, and it has a picture of one of those adorable old school looking baby carriages. Prams, yeah. What's it called? A little pram. A pram? That's what yeah. it's called. Yeah. I mean, recently I think I called one a baby car. I couldn't even think of car. the word stroller. No, I was like, the still... baby car, the thing with the wheels. Makes sense. Oh, this is so cool. Okay, so in this book, you so you wrote the book. So you started writing the book. How long after your dad died? Well, I mean, I really sat down and um, just started plugging away almost immediately. And I just made a list of all the stories, our favorite stories. What did we love to tell? And and then eventually I broke it down into time periods. And then eventually I just broke it into chapters, you know, and I wrote about our childhood. And I had I had done a lot of research on my parents' backgrounds, and I had interviewed them years before. Because I, all, you're talking about your mom and dad who raised you, yeah, or your biological parents. Okay, so mom so you dad. knew their history. Well, and your mom's still here to answer questions. Yeah. But, okay. So I, I had known for a long time I wanted to do this book, and so when he passed, I said, "I'm just I'm going to do it right now," and I figured that was a really good way to work through the grief and just you know a project. It was so important to me to just sit down, and I really wanted it. 
um, published and ready by his one year because I thought most of our family is still back in Ireland. That is so ambitious if to I think of doing that. If I have something to give them in one year to really to keep the laughter up, you know, I didn't want it to just be he's gone and. And so now I often give them to like, I, I give the book to like clients of his. And I always write inside the cover, you know, dad would be delighted to know he's still making you laugh. It's so important to keep all those stories alive. And so I'm so glad I was able to do it. And how did you like, how did you figure out how to, well, not how to write a book, but like, well, yeah, kind of how to write a book and how to get it published. Like, I mean, you're I, still in your because I was literally a walking like dumber than a bag of wet hair when my dad died for the first year. I was useless. I was also drinking on top of it. But I mean, for you to actually be able to put a book together during that year where, you know, it's almost like you're like a zombie when somebody dies yeah. and then to figure out how to get it published. Like, how did you do that? Did I anyone figured, help you or did I you just figure figured it out? by the end, like there's. People do it. I, I can figure out how to do it. Wow. So I didn't worry about getting it published really till the very end. Oh, I, okay. I figured I'll just write it. And But I'm not a writer. I have to really preface that. Like, I, I'm, I'm not a writer at all. And somebody read it recently and she said there was a few typos. And I thought, well, yeah, that's <laughs> like, I'm not a writer. I didn't yeah. have an editor. I gave chapters to friends to, to, you know, read and say, does this make sense? Does this... Because by the end, you know, at teaching, I had summers off. So really, oh, yeah. last summer, I, I got up every morning, made a cup of coffee, and I wrote for like six hours. And then I would try to edit. And then I would try to, you know, so really, the, the bulk of the writing was done in one summer. So by the end of that summer, I could not read anymore. I couldn't, figure, you know, I couldn't spot any mistakes. I couldn't, I just, I thought, is it even, in? is my timeline even right? It, it was just too, it's a, it's a huge project. Yeah. So I reached out to some friends and said, can you check out this chapter? Can you?" My dad's friends, I would send them chapters and say, can you read this? Can you, you know, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got some help from friends. And then I, I literally giggled, Googled, like, how do you how do you publish? How do you how do you do that? Um, so I figured it out. And I'm glad I didn't worry about it till the end because <laughs> it would have been a big cloud over me trying to figure that out. But also, like, how do you design a cover? How do you... Um, how do you do all of that? It's it's hard, but if you just take it step by step, and and it happened before I knew it. it that was, is crazy. And the funniest thing was, you know, I, I had interviewed my mom, and we'd go out for lunch, and I would just record, and I'd let her talk and tell me all these old stories so that I'd have the specific details. And so when, you know, when I had the book published, and, like, I remember the night getting home, and there's the box on my front doorstep from Amazon of your book yeah and so I opened it up and that was the first time I'd ever like held it in my hand and I just thought oh my god this it's beautiful it's exactly what I wanted and I was so pleased and for me it was like a it was a huge accomplishment and it's all of our history you know and my family's history and and I love that I can keep dad alive and and hand those books out to people and so I raced over to my mom's house in the morning at 6 a.m. I, I left it in her mailbox and she called me later and she said, Pippa, I had no idea. She said, this is a proper book. And I said, I know. I said, <laughs> what, did you th- what did you think it was going to be? And she said, just, I just thought you were writing a few short stories. And I said, oh, my God, I feel like I've been talking about this all summer and the publishing and all the, 
you know, the the learning curves. I said, I just presumed you knew. And she said, oh, my God, no, this is incredible. And I said, well, thanks. I think so, too. It's That's amazing. Know, it's fun. It's a lot of good stories. Sometimes if I go get a pedicure, I'll just grab that and I sit there and I read it while I'm getting my nails done and just laugh out loud because they're so. They're yeah, so I love much. that. You're like your dad. Oh, I'm like my dad. You're I know. By yourself. I, just, I love it. That's how great. Could you not be. There's so much in there. That's just that is so cool and funny and and real. You know, it talks a lot about the cancer and and the the sadness around it. But then it's also like just you have to laugh. You have to. Remember all those good times and just be grateful that we just we had them all of those years together. Yeah, I say that my mom and I talk about that often is that we're so lucky because I mean, first I couldn't hear my dad's music after he died because mm-hmm. it was it would break my heart. Mm-hmm. But then now it's like I am so grateful I still get to hear his voice, you know, and like or like, you know, people will send me pictures of him that like there's so many pictures and things mm-hmm. that I've never seen. And I still get to be surprised and see those. And it's just it's it's really it's a gift. And those memories are definitely a gift. Oh, yeah. Where does the book uh, where does the book leave off? And we talked about this a little bit so earlier. So the book leaves off. Um, it's funny because I think I need to write another book now. Um, you do. Life you totally has, should. Life has changed um, quite dramatically since. So the story leaves off. It's it's really, um, you know, it talks about dad's death and the funeral was a big part of it. And then I was in a relationship and that was a big part of it. And we... Um, the the relationship ended since then, so that's been a big shift. But so in the book, the relationship is is still happening, still alive, <laughs> right. still alive. It's, it's right. So sadly, it it didn't um, it didn't work out. So things have changed a lot. Um, so I might have to write another book. You now. totally yeah. have to write another book. But yeah, all good, all very peaceful, and just. Um, I think she came into my life right at that time, you know, right when dad got sick. And she was a big blessing during that time. And she really helped me through a lot of that grief. And then we just ended up going in, in two separate directions. So we parted ways and book number two. Book number <laughs> we'll two. Have to come. I felt okay. I had the same thing happen when my dad passed away. I was in a relationship and that person kind of carried me through it. And mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, I mean... I couldn't think straight, like I said, and we ended up completely drifting apart. But a lot of that was because of my alcoholism. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I look back and it's like that was that person's purpose to me yeah, was exactly. to be there right then. That exactly. was the whole point because they I'm, got me through that. Yeah, and I'm very grateful for that. It was, yeah, it was a really crucial time, and and I think a lot of people come in to our lives with that purpose, mm-hmm. and and then. Move on. And then upwards and onwards. And then, yeah. So that's what you should call the next book. <laughs> or yeah. Onwards and upwards. I forget how the saying goes. Yeah. So the book is called Intertwined, and her name is Pippa Whalen. And where do you buy it? Like It's available on Amazon. 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 Okay. Get all your Christmas shopping done. Well, that's true. One stop. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's how I do it now, too. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank and thank you, you for sharing your story with us. And it was awesome. And thank you for being an awesome person. Thank you. Who's so also much. my friend. Thank you. <laughs> my God. My pleasure. Thank you to my good friend Pippa for being on the show. Again, her book is called Intertwined, and you can buy it on Amazon. 
Please like and subscribe to Radio Rehab if you want to be notified about our awesome upcoming shows. For example, I've got an interview with writer Peter Hedges about the opiate movie, Ben is Back. And a special podcast with the girls from Bitch Talk from That's What She Said. And if you'd like to contact us, it's Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com. You can call or text 415-496-9511 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's at Radio Rehab Dana. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back. <laughs>